Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today's episode, The Return. Now let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. And uh, I was on vacation last week, although it sounded like I was in the studio. And uh, I came back very refreshed, but I've already worked one day. So I think that's left me. Uh, you know, it doesn't take long, uh, but you looked fairly relaxed, uh, riding in boats and uh, uh, sitting on decks. It looked it looked pretty, it looked a pretty sweet spot. It was. We were staying in this house and the front side looks like a really nice house. But if you go to the back, it looks like you're in a really nice uh, cottage. So it was awesome. Very nice. So let's continue. Uh, we've both been managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We're going to start at the perspective of the employee and move on from there. And we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these types of situations. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. And I think we're going to have a good discussion today. Yeah, I think so too. This is a hot topic right now. Lots of conversation um, and lots of reactions to people's decisions. And wow, it's a, it's a tricky situation. And it is. And uh, I think it's touched on almost every episode we've been doing, at least for the last couple of months. And uh, so this one of the ideas that came up for this episode is uh, the impending return to the new normal. And so we thought we should probably talk about that. So um, let's get going. Things are beginning to get back to normal and you experience some or all of the following. Your manager doesn't have any information on when, how, or even if you will be going back to the office. Your manager doesn't want to talk about it. You are hearing rumors in every direction about what is going to happen at your organization. You are hearing about other companies who have announced 100% return to the work and others who seem to be talking about hybrids or groups of people who will be staying home or going part-time to co-working environments. Things are unsettled. The uncertainty is being fed by your partner's uncertainty, and maybe you have school-age kids or even students going to university or college, and it seems to be uh, aggravating everything. So, um, Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? You know, like almost every podcast that we do, it's the lack of information. It's the vacuum that creates spin and creates uh, just uh, concern and uh, uh, mistrust. You know, we've talked in, I, I think, at least the last couple of podcasts about the, the impending resignation surge. And it's coming. Lots of people are talking about it. And uh, one of the things that helps retain talent is clarity and lack of clarity is one of the sure things that will um, not provide retention. Because people, if they don't know what's going on, they'll get desperate. And to your point, if it's fed in by other conversations that are in your ear about possibilities or what could happen, uh, you could end up losing really great people just based upon uh, a lack of desire to provide clarity around what's, what's the next stages look like. And I know it's tough, People are so worried. Uh, what do I do? People are, I heard a conversation today where people were saying they're waiting for legal 
um, representation of how to deal with vaccine, double vaxxed or not double vaxxed, coming back to the office or not. So it's tricky. It's really tricky. <laughs> but you know what? Um, if you're not talking, people are walking. Yeah, I like that. And uh, although this year and a half has been terrible for so many people, so many people have had losses and uh, certain segments of the economy have just suffered terribly. The reality is for those that uh, are working now, that are working from home, we've seen a, a different side to things. And uh, I certainly have experienced that. And guess what? Work still got done. So the old uh, adage that you can only manage people if you can see them uh, really doesn't hold true these days. And there are a lot of jobs that don't have to be done at the office. And it doesn't mean they're being not being managed. So I think it's a different environment now because uh, management has had experience in, in this, you know, themselves, right? Working from home. And the workforce, uh, to a large extent, has been able to get used to this and understand it and work around, you know, some technical things. So I think it's a different game now. And uh, as we go through this, hopefully we can hit a few points and encourage people and get people thinking and talking about things. Yeah, I agree. So what are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? And the first one listen to people. Yeah. You know, one of my, uh, a couple of my good friends who are CEOs, one is a general manager of a company out West. And he, over the past three months, he did listening tours. This is something I've always suggested is a good idea. And they're called listening tours for a reason. You go out with three to five questions and you just listen and chat and talk and find out situations. So, uh, and, and uh, important in those questions are getting a sense where people are at. You know, what have you, what have you enjoyed about remote working? What do you miss about not being back at the office? What are the things that are gonna create complexity in uh, whatever we return to for you personally for you as a team, for us as an organization, engaging people in the conversations around questions like that. Uh, one, give you space, because if you're engaging in conversations to inform where you're going to go, people feel included and also gives you space to make up your mind while things are filtering out, because things are still filtering out. Yeah, I agree. And uh, tell people what's going on, and you might not have all the answers but at least people can get a little bit of insight what the lay of the land is now, that there's further discussions, that people are taking this issue seriously, that they're concerned about everybody's well-being. Uh, I just think it's important. If there's, if there's a vacuum, people don't like that. Yeah, and you know what? It could be as simple, too, as saying, I've heard a lot of companies are saying, we're not going to do anything until September, and then we're going to provide three to six months notice of the final direction. Oh, okay. I at least have a little bit of clarity, you know, versus we don't know yet. We're still working on it right now. Well, put a stake in the sand and and then provide a notice period and then figure out. I was talking to someone this morning and they said they're, they're, this, this organization is going back three days a week beginning in September. And I'm not sure if they're doing 100% back in December, but three days a week for sure. And... But the, but the caveat is that 
we're hearing all about these uh, these resignations happening and people leaving. And I've actually I can I can tell you uh, five people already that I know who have left organizations because they know what's coming and they've said I'm gone. And these are uh, at all levels of the organization. Uh, but it's just you know it's it's having that little bit of uh, uh, giving a little bit of specifics. You don't have to give everything, but give what you know. And I think it's helpful as a manager to share what you're going through as well. During these uh, that tour you were talking about where you go and meet people, say, listen, yeah, I've experienced that as well. This is what I've been dealing with. This is how I've kind of, you know, dealt with it. And these are some of the things I'm, uh, uh, some good things that have come out of it. I, I think that's very helpful to people as well because it provides a connection, right? We're all If we're all in this together, then we should be in it together. And it, if you as a manager are sharing some of the ups and downs of your experience as well, along with learning points, then I think that's a good thing. I, I agree. You know, vulnerability, Brandon Brown's a big, big uh, believer and promoter of this. A little bit of vulnerability goes a long way. Simply say, you know what, uh, I, this is what, what I'm struggling with. Uh, this is what I'm going to miss. Uh, this is what, what has been tough that I've experienced. What have you experienced? But, you know, don't start with just here's what I think and here's what I feel. Make sure it's follow up with what do you think? thinking what are you feeling and i think you know kind of hand in uh hand with that is uh be honest about your thoughts as well uh i think when you're being vulnerable uh people can tell if you're being sincere and uh, you should be mm -hmm. i agree 100 percent. and advocate for what you think should happen uh this is hard depending on your situation in the, in the uh company or the organization how much influence that you have in it but if you uh, have a good line on on the situation, then you should advocate for what you think is uh, should happen. Yeah, you know, and these can be tough. This is where you kind of got to be brave at times, right? And as a manager, often you're kind of in the middle, you know, that someone else is making the decisions up the ladder. And but you do have an opportunity to and, and an obligation, I think, just to kind of share what's really happening because it's so easy for senior leaders, not with bad intention, but with even with good intentions to lose sight of what's really happening on the ground floor. And, uh, and so if you have a perspective, if you're seeing trends, advocate, share, share those trends. I like that. And one thing that's really helpful these days, especially with analytics, the way that they are and the way they're going to be, uh, back up with facts and statistics. If you can show that, you know, your team is working uh, at, at home or in a hybrid model and that it isn't affecting business and the quality is there, then make sure you have that stuff in your back pocket. I agree. And some of the stuff isn't that hard to measure. Uh, some of it is harder to measure, but whatever you can uh, you know, measure it and be results driven oriented uh, versus, uh, you know, time and space. But I think, uh, you know, get some feedback from clients, customers that you're supporting, uh, figure out, you know, what are the levels that they're experiencing themselves, you know, uh, do a little bit of that fact checking and that, that background work to help support the, uh, the, 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 whatever you're advocating for. And be realistic. Uh, you know, we want good things to happen and uh, uh, taking a look at the lay of the land and what other people are doing. So let's be realistic with it. Um, and that way, you know, when you're, you know, putting forward your argument for a certain solution, uh, it isn't a huge reach for people. Yeah. And if you're, if you are thoughtful and planful about it, if you think about what is the customer 
need? What does the team member need? What does the organization need? What does the rest of the team need? You know, if, if you've, you've actually been thoughtful about it, that will support your realism. And, and it'll be more likely to be agreed upon or understood for sure and agreed upon if it, if it makes sense. I like that. And I think you might have touched on this in one of the earlier points, but encourage the organization to use surveys to know what's going on. It's, uh, it's kind of funny, Greg, in a, a volunteer activity that I do, I got a very detailed survey on how I'm willing to go forward with the organization I'm doing some volunteer work with. And it was very, like, I'm, I had to sit there and think about it. Like, they were very concerned about what I felt comfortable doing and, and the way that we would do it. And I actually had to sit there and, like, it wasn't one of these, you know, Alistair 10, 15 second survey re results that I, I put out. I had to give a lot of thought and I had, I talked to my, my wife about it as well because, it, you know, it would affect her as well to a certain extent. So, um, a nice, like a good survey, one that you really want to know the answers and that people are willing to invest a little time in would be really helpful at, um, at a time like this when you can get the aggregate and uh, it just, it's probably gives you the bigger picture. Yeah. And, you know, this is a real balance. Uh, so a couple of suggestions I would have in here is one, don't go do over surveys because I think some organizations are surveying like every week and the same kind of surveys and they're driving their people just, uh, you know, really nuts because it's just too much. Um, the other thing I would say is that you, um, there are some really organized, good organizations that do this and you'd be shocked how inexpensive it is for some of these uh, organizations. And so I would highly encourage you to check out a couple of them. And often they're integrated and they have, um, you can you can get the survey on your phone. You know, you, they, they provide almost just-in-time data. And again, it's a little bit what we've talked about is that feedback, listen, feedback, listen, feedback, listen, feedback. And if you can ask in different ways and present the data in different ways, it, 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 it's much better. I like that. I like that. And I, I, I appreciate your point about over-surveying people. And uh, I'm not going to say that I was ever in an organization that did that. But um, if you're going to do a survey, make it count. Build it up a little bit. Explain why this is important. That it is going to drive the decision that they really want people to be honest with it. Uh, and uh, that way, that it will assist them in making a better decision. It's your views. Like, if you want to say, this is a great place to have a say. Yeah. And you know what? If you're not going to do anything about it, don't ask. Because the worst thing you can do is ask and not do anything. Maybe you'll be forgiven once, but more than once, twice, three times, you're, the, the bell will ring. And I like the idea of uh, uh, maybe doing a, a few focus groups as well. If you can get the right people in the room that will talk, that uh, uh, have the confidence to be able to say some stuff, maybe for themselves and maybe a couple other people as well. I find that uh, when you do the survey and then you layer a couple focus groups on there, and I think this is where the discernment comes in. You really want those people that will say what needs to be said and you can get a true kind of sense of um, the workforce. I agree. And you can say, you know, from our survey, the top three themes were these. We'd love to dug, dig a little bit deeper here. With regards to so it actually gives focus sometimes the surveys to those discussions and you can and and by by uh sharing 
and having a discussion around what people have already provided input in there, it's already reinforcing those levels of trust that says, oh, you know, not only did they do survey, they listened to us. And yeah, that makes sense. That was one of my top four too, or my top three too. And, and so, so it allows you to reinforce that we are actually uh, trying to better understand, peel back the onion a little bit to understand what we need to do. That's cool. So as employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist as well. Uh, talk about it with your manager, Create, start a dialogue. You know, um, uh, one of my uh, one of my friends who is uh, that GM who did those focus groups, he said, he said, uh, you know what? I'm not a mind reader. If I was, I'd be in Vegas making a lot of money. So he said, I try to create as many opportunities for people to share. And I encourage people to share, even when they don't like something. He said, because honestly, I don't have that gift. Um, uh, so, so the gift you can do is create the space for people to want to say something. That's cool. And kind of following up on that, share your thoughts about what you want. At a certain point in the conversation, uh, if you feel comfortable saying, hey, listen, this is kind of what I'm looking at as a solution to this situation. And this is what I feel would be good for me for the the work that I do for you uh, for my relationship to the organization so uh, at a certain point if you feel comfortable fire away yeah and you know earlier in the manager side we said become an advocate well you may become an advocate for the rest of the folks in your area if you just happen to be somebody who can who can speak more clearly who has a deeper relationship or just proximity or whatever, um, not only sharing your thoughts, but if you have a perspective, if you've heard some things, then share, be an advocate as well. I like that. And uh, kind of similar to the uh, manager side, back up your discussions with facts. If there are things that you can count or show that this is working, then uh, let's put that together and, uh, Make that as part of the conversation. Yeah, I love when people are proactive and they actually go out and do their own survey stuff, you know, and actually have collected things or even volunteer to say, hey, this is what we're thinking. Uh, this is what I'm hearing. I think it'd be really valuable for us to do this, do a survey or, or, or let's have some focus groups. And I'd like to participate in that. I have a pa certain passion about this, but I'd like to contribute to it. So be, be proactive, be a champion of the change. And know what you want. Uh, there's no point coming to this conversation with your manager, not sure what you want. Because I, I find as a manager, when somebody comes up and they're wishy-washy and stuff like that, it's like, so why are we talking? Like, it's great to see how you're doing and stuff like that. But what do you want in this situation? And before that discussion takes place, you know, sit down and think about what's good for you, how you want to make it work and uh, step up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Take the time. And uh, I think we've probably already covered this in a bunch of the other points, but uh, jump into any discussions, surveys or working groups on the subject of going back to work. Um, there's no sense complaining if you haven't done anything to contribute to the solution. So, uh, you know, get in there and have your say, and maybe you're shy and you're going to do the survey, do it well. Uh, if there's, you know, even some of these ad hoc discussions around the place and, you know, the VP is standing there and you're part of this discussion, uh, you know, talk away, right? Because, um, quite often the problem with really senior leadership is that they, they don't have, um, 
uh, a touch of the people, right? They don't interact with regular uh, folks, the, the the people that are doing all the work. And so they don't always have that experience. And if you, they're standing there and there's a discussion going on, they're probably going to really appreciate whatever you have to say. Yeah, never be afraid that, uh, oh, this isn't an important idea. This is not an idea that, that anyone will care about or like. I mean, you never know. It's often those ideas that are missed. And then people look back saying, why didn't anybody say that? And, you know, someone says, well, I, I was thinking of it. I was going to say, but I thought someone else would say it. Or, you know, I was too embarrassed to say it. Or uh, insert whatever that phrase is, is now. And really just, you know, I, I've, I've used this before, I think, in the podcast. For me, my favorite phrase is something's bubbling up for me. Um, this is what I was thinking. Does that resonate with anyone else? All people can say is, nope, doesn't resonate with anybody else, but at least you've shared it and you've put it out on the table. I, I can tell you that I have never had a time when I've done that, that at least one other person hasn't resonated with, with them, or it's at least started a conversation in a direction that was really needed, um, that maybe had nothing to do with my even my original idea, but that's okay. It, it, it moved us to a place of more openness and, and a deeper dialogue and something that's important. I like that. And kind of tailing in all, all this stuff is assist in the healthy discussions that take place. Uh, you know, maybe you just need to vent with somebody. That's great. But I, I, I think it's so important to move towards healthy discussions, informative discussions that, you know, if you have a chance to talk to your manager, then let's get our act together. Let's uh, say what we think should happen and why and why it's a good thing for uh, myself, what I do, my relationship with them. And, uh, you know, there's lots of reasons right now to complain. Uh, people have been through a very hard time and and we're all kind of isolated in our houses and our little offices and stuff. And we're, you know, the new normal is going to be coming soon. And we, you know, it's going to be a big step and people are anxious and uh, not sure what's going to go on and whether they want to move on or whatever it is. But uh, the more healthy conversations you can have about this moving towards whatever the solution is going to be is probably healthier for everybody in the long run. Yeah. And you know what, for me, it always comes down to those two important C's, be courageous and be curious, because this is so, so, so complex. We've talked even over our last couple of podcasts about the awkwardness that we're all experiencing and the diversity in how we're feeling about any of this stuff going back. Do I need a vaccine? Do I not need a vaccine? I mean, one of the local um, gyms, just announced that they are not going to be requiring double vaccinations to coming back into the gym. And um, there was an uproar of it. People said, oh, I'm not going to that gym. And then other people, you know, say, well, why should I have to, you know, I, I don't need that, you know, so it's so complex. And it is tricky, 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 tricky right now. So the best we can do to is, first of all, be curious if someone has uh, some ideas about the return, concerns about the return, uh, ask, tell me more. You know, what's behind that? Why, what, what helped you reach that conclusion? Those are all great discussions, whether you're a manager or a team member that you can be asking. And then if you've got something that's really important to you, to your point earlier on, have the courage to say it because there might be 10 other people that are thinking the same thing. 
um, but be kind as you're saying it, you know, the, what Rumi's three gates, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Remember that last one. Is it kind? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, wrap up. Yeah. You know what? The only thing I think for me and this one about the return is we've just highlighted a couple really simple things. Um, and it is way more complex than any of these. Uh, there is the legal implications there. You, you said earlier on, it's not only about the job. It's also about what's my partner doing? What's their experience? It's also about what's happening with my kids. Are they, are they returning or, or not? Um, what's happening about my, my elderly parents? You know, so it is so, so complex. But the key themes that we've talked about here are the key themes that you say in almost all our podcasts. It's about relationship. It's about setting the foundation that you can have a good discussion and that you can understand what's going on in different people's perspectives. That You can be clear around what's important, why it's important and how we're going to be moving forward. Those are all the things that it's almost like set the environment for you to have these discussions and then be as clear as possible and consistent while also being a little bit flexible because there will be new news that pops up. And uh, so this is just the begin of the return um, and it's going to be complex. And the uh, key is to be curious and courageous throughout this uh, and, um, and, and know that uh, we will get to wherever that new normal is, but uh, it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride. I really like that, Greg. I'm looking at it from um, from my view. So I'm in the second last week of a contract with one organization, and I'm going to be moving to a contract-like relationship to another organization. And um, as somebody, as I've expressed before, I was totally not into working from home. And my views have changed significantly, as well as my views on people that I'm working with working from home. But to me, it has been a terrible 18 months. A lot of stuff has been going on in people's lives, mine included. But I see this as, uh, you know, there's a certain amount of unknown, especially in my situation where I'm just kind of going contract to contract and trying to figure out what I want to do and what the opportunities are. But I see this as an opportunity to sit there going, uh, now I appreciate I'm in a, a certain situation. I'm in my late fifties and, you know, I'm retired from one of my careers and, and things are good that way. But this is also an opportunity. Uh, if you're sitting there going, what's next now, there's an added level to that. What's next and where am I going to do it? And this is a great opportunity for people, uh, especially if you have a little bit of flexibility at work and, and you, you know, figured out that you can do things at home, at least part of the time. This is a great opportunity to do a reset on how you're doing work. And uh, I am a little bit excited about this because, uh, uh, you know, Greg, you knew how much against working from home I was and that I thought that you were some kind of alien because you could do it. And uh, but I see this as a real opportunity. And uh, Greg and I had a little technical discussion before, and I think he's just rolling his eyes at me because I'm not technical, but. Um, this is a great opportunity and I can understand why people are anxious, but what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Uh, how does that affect your relationships with your boss and the other people that you work with? 
And uh, I think, you know, if you have the opportunity, use this as a reset to figure out what you want to do. And then, of course, you have to have discussions and work it out and participate in all these things. But, man, um, the companies now know how to do this or the organizations, government agencies. Everybody knows how people can work from home. And now we've all figured out to a certain extent how to work from home. So this is a great, great kind of pause. And how do I want to go forward? How are they willing to let me go forward? I see this as a little bit of excitement there, Greg. I, I like, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, two or three months from now. Um, and uh, the people I have been working for and worked before them and the people I'm going to be working for, they're all great. And there's a certain amount of flexibility. And I just think, hey, I'm using it as a reset for me and how I'm going forward. So I just, you know, I hope people appreciate that and uh, um, kind of step up and go, hmm, what do I want to do? Well, you know, the other thing I found, which is very interesting, I've had a, in this over the last few days, uh, today and at the end of last week, I've had two people who were keen in-person people. Uh, and had their first in-person meetings and came out of it saying, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I would much prefer to work from home. Like, And so, so it's like, it's like one was, you know, travel, having to go and that type of thing. And it may be a little bit due to the fact that it's still really crunchy in person right now. So it's not the fullest experience of in-person. So that may be part of it, but the, just the fact that, you know, like, it's, it's like when I moved to Calgary, uh, after a while, my body changed and the dryness of the, the, the environment, I didn't feel it anymore, uh, you know, and, it, and I think that is kind of what's happened here is we've gotten our bodies, our, our, our approach, our emotions have all adjusted over the uh, 14 to 18 months, whatever this is, that is, this is taken. And, uh, and uh, it, so it's, it's new, new days. And so um, we will figure out what goes on. So some people like you who were never go, go stay at home, will say now stay at home and others who want to get back are saying, eh, maybe, maybe not hybrids the way to go. Maybe. Well, just think about it, Greg. So we've all been home for 18 months. Chances are you're working with people occasionally in your organization that you've never met. If we all had to go back cold, like the beginning of August, we're going to have to rework out our relationships, how we do business, boundaries. Oh my goodness. Like it's going to be a huge adjustment for everybody because there's people working for organizations that have never been in that organization's buildings. And mm -hmm. uh, I just can imagine like, you know, oh, we can all go back to work. It's all going to be good again. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, relationship mending and figuring out who's who and how we're going to do this again, because uh, we've been locked in for, you know, 18 hard months. So I think, you know, I see this as a reset, but at the same time, I think it's kind of funny because you know, people are going, oh, yeah, we'll get back to normal. I don't know if we know how to do normal. I mean, there's different yeah. people at the table. Uh, I have to come in today because we're going to have a 20 minute conversation. Can we just not have that on Zoom? Like, do I have to come all the way in? And like, it's going to chew up all sorts of time and stuff. So uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. And the whole reason I wanted to do this one, and you and I talked about it, you actually came up with the title, was uh, just for those wrap-up thoughts that we both gave. Like, the rest of the stuff, you know, you said it, you know, pretty straightforward, simple. 
but it's that wrap-up conversation that we've just had that I wanted to do this because I don't think things are as straightforward and clear as everybody thinks they are. Yeah, well, and I think something you just said was really interesting. It's the complexity of it because that whole idea of, of you have to come in for this meeting and people saying, I don't get it. Why do I have to come in? Uh, we used to do this on Zoom. Why now? And and then, you know, the various layers of my reaction to that, to all the way down to, oh, I'm excited about coming back. Yes, for sure. I totally get it. We need to be in person for this thing to, I'm not sure to forget it. Why should I come in? And and if, you, if you're going to make me come in, then I'm going to start thinking about looking for an organization that's that's totally so that so i i think i think it's just it's gonna be bumpy well you just kind of uh set me off again and this is why i wanted to do this this topic right i mean we went through all the suggestions and i don't think any of them surprise anybody but uh how do i say this tactfully the 20 minute conversation we had two years ago when i was there that was any better than what we had on zoom two weeks ago I don't know, because we've spent a lot of time mm -hmm. in this in this podcast series talking about soft skills and about having good meetings and good, good conversations. And and that was based on pre pandemic uh, of our experience. Right. So uh, I don't think we had uh, we'd cracked the code, all of us on how to have always great meetings and great relationships and great conversations. So I don't think going back to the office is going to cure that because we didn't really have it before. And I just think this is a great opportunity for people to uh, like, you know, sit there and think about this and, and have a, like if you're my boss, Greg, and us just have a really good conversation about this, because I think that conversation is probably going to be one of the best conversations that's been going on for a couple of years. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I don't think it's going to cure it. In fact, I think it's going to amplify it because, you know, uh, this is only, Greg's three experiences of gathering with people he have larger groups of people that he hasn't seen in a while, but those three experiences were crunchy. They were awkward. Um, so add to that, um, I'm I'm your boss. I've never met you, and and I, I don't know. I think you're right. I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting. So we're going to have to be really patient, as we said before, courageous and curious, and and. Uh, and open as we find our way back to whatever this quote new normal next normal is so i'm going to let my passive aggressiveness come out just a little bit so let me get this straight i have to drag my ass into the office it's going to be a three hour round trip to have a 20 minute meeting with you and then i'm going to have to go hotel somewhere and try to get some work done yeah yeah well i yeah and i mean you know uh most uh, conferences now have will have dual setups so that you could you could go virtually as well. So you know again, and there's some great things we've talked about. The great things are folks that maybe did not have accessibility to things before now do have accessibility. So make sure we hold on to those. Uh, some of us talking to today have reconfigured all of their meeting rooms to have two TVs. One is to show the folks that are on remote Zoom, and one is to share the slides and stuff of what in the in the room. So folks are beginning to think about it. How do we work in this uh, hybrid situation to have those connections, but but um, be able to manage with the talent shortage and the the varying needs of individuals? Um, and uh, oh boy, as I said, it's going to be crunchy. 
Well, one of the wonderful things that's occurred to me over the last 18 months is uh, uh, I meet with a group of people, usually weekly, uh, maybe bi-weekly, depending on what's going on in my in my schedule and my family schedule. And there's a group of us that meet and uh, we have these just great discussions. And two of the my favorite people in this group live in the States. I never would have met them except that COVID took place. And, you know, so many negative things about mm. COVID. But in every situation that we find ourselves, you know, in, in during my entire life, you know, there's been some really bad moments, but there's been these just wonderful things that have come out of it. So I have these two friends, they live in another country. And like, I talk to them on uh, Zoom when we meet and uh, WhatsApp and, and Facebook and all sorts of stuff. And these are two really, really good people. And so I think, you know, that comes off of, uh, just a flexibility of being able to have conversations in the non-traditional way, um, not being in person. And so I think there are a lot of benefits to what we're doing. And I just hope people find a course and that organizations find a course where people can be included in these decisions and perhaps we can work out situations that's to the benefit of everybody. I agree 100%. So... um we hope that uh, some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. I think it's pretty relevant to everybody right now. And we hope that we didn't say anything that you found offensive or made you angry. But this is definitely an episode for your philosophy, Greg. Yeah, we end all of our podcasts with a uh, beautiful lesson philosophy that I, one of my, my first coach actually, um, shared and it's it's that the best coaching sessions are one where you leave with a little bit of joy a little bit of churn a little bit of uh positive feeling and a little bit of maybe being a little bit of peeved because the great coaches are able to hold up the mirror and, and suggest things that we've missed and you know as well as celebrate things uh that we're doing well and and we hope that maybe you heard some things that yeah, you, you have already thought of that you are taking into consideration, you've had some success with, and maybe equally there's something that was said that you think, oh, gee, I, I really did, haven't done a good job there. Uh, both are good. It's just what you do with them and how you apply them to grow and, and learn and create better environments. I love that. And uh, it slipped my mind, but uh, we actually interviewed Michael Gutman, uh, who's a LinkedIn author, uh, LinkedIn Learning. Uh, we interviewed him uh, probably three or four months ago. It's episode 40 on our podcast series. And if you want to uh, hear some more uh, thoughts and discussions on this topic, that would be a great one to drop into and listen to. So uh, remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.